Movie Date is supported by the Alliance Theater, opening its new season with an all-star Atlanta cast in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, September 2nd through the 20th. Tickets at alliancetheater.org slash cuckoo. For $10 off, enter code WNYC at checkout. Kristen, one of the movies we're talking about this week is A Walk in the Woods with Robert Redford as Bill Bryson, the famous travel writer, and he walks the Appalachian Trail. That's 2,180 miles. Totally of, doable. Of hiking. Totally doable, you say. Yes. And you have always wanted to do this. Yes. It's been on my list of things to do before I die for a very long time. You know I'm like a super walker, right? Yes, I know that. I do yeah. know that. I was just in Minneapolis and my friend Dave was like, you love walking. Let's walk along the Mississippi. So wow. And you did? Only for like 10 miles. We well, don't walk that good. long. I mean, because then we're like, let's eat. <laughs> <laughs> But I really love walking, and my other big fantasy trip is to walk across the country. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I would just love that. Like Forrest Gump. Yes. Just like, I, I am just like Forrest Gump. People <laughs> say that to me all the time. You're just like him. You're kind of slow, and you're bad at ping pong. No, he's good at ping pong. He's good at ping pong. That's right. And you're not slow. Um, okay, well, so this is your movie. This movie is meant for you. It's, it's the story of a guy fulfilling a dream, walking the Appalachian Trail. We're going to talk about that. We'll also talk about a movie that I don't think is a dream of yours, uh, The Transporter Refueled. It's the <laughs> to be new a getaway driver. <laughs> to be a getaway driver and to replace Jason Statham, who's no longer in the, in the uh, franchise. We'll talk about both of those things. We'll also have some movie therapy coming up. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday. And I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture producer for The Takeaway. And this is Movie Date. Okay, Kristen, tell us all about A Walk in the Woods. Well, as you were saying, it's kind of loosely based on Bill Bryson's book of the same name. He decides he's going to go on a journey. He's going to walk the Appalachian Trail. He's going to start in the south, as one does, and then walk all the way up to Maine. He's going to do it, and he's not going to do it alone. He's going to bring his friend along with him, played by Nick Nolte, who's kind of a drunk, who's kind of a mess, who's been with a lot of women and who he knew back in his youth, like backpacking in Europe sort of days. And together they're going to go on this journey and he's going to learn a lot. He's going to share a lot. Hopefully. Here's a clip. Oh, God, this is amazing. From here you can see all three kinds of rock. There, you see that layered section across that slant? That's sedimentary. And the dark stuff, here, the dark stuff pushing up from underneath, that's igneous. Think volcanic. How do you know all this stuff? Well, there's these things called books. Oh, okay. They're called books? Yeah, they're like TV for smart people. <laughs> so much learning and sharing. So much. Rocks, slate, trees. <laughs> now, you've read Bill Bryson's books, which I have not. Oh, I have not read A Walk in the Woods, though, but uh-huh. I have read Home. I, I really love him not just as a travel writer, but as kind of a social historian. Yeah. Um, he's a great storyteller. He's a great humorist. He takes anything that's out there and makes it really engaging by focusing on the story of it. And yet, in this, <laughs> in, in this film, and yet in this film, as played by Robert Redford, he um, does not come off that way. No, he I, comes off as a snotty know-it-all. Yeah. Let me mansplain something else to you, my friend. <laughs> Here's something you should know about leaves. They're called books. Yeah. That... that. <laughs> I have to say that was one of these. That was one of the that that clip. It's it's one of these moments in the film where I, I kept thinking, well, where'd that come from? 
Where'd that, Why are you such a jerk? Where did that could just completely snotty, insulting, condescending comment come from just totally out of nowhere? Someone asks you a question, you say, oh, it's because I read books. And I, it, it, this movie is, strangely enough, filled with that almost from the get-go. I started, you know, at first I thought, oh, this movie's going to portray Bryson as kind of a a curmudgeon and a misfit, but, you know, a guy with a soft heart or at least as he goes along this trail, he'll learn something and learn to connect with people and, you know, reconnect with this old friend of his that he's lost touch with after so many years. And um, but then as the film goes by, uh, everyone they meet is like a jerk or a know-it-all, another know-it-all, or an idiot, or they're kind they're of some... They're dumb, they're drunk, they have sex in the car. Right, they're, right, they're fat. Slobs. There's some fat jokes that I just was like, that's lazy. You know, that is the other thing about this film. Uh, he, you know, when he and um, uh, Stephen Katz, which is Nick Nolte's character, when they get together and talk and reminisce about their old days, um, they they sound really horrible. They talk about women in these really horrible ways and in these really callous ways that... Um, I mean, I guess maybe if you're something like 80, as Redford is, and, and, you know, 70-something as um, Nolte is. Um, Redford's, what, 79? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're coming... 74. 79 and 74. If you're coming from that generation, maybe when you were younger, that is the way that younger guys talked about women, but it still comes off as being really... Um, there's something misogynistic about it that it didn't... That it didn't make me laugh at their charming, old, fun, wild stories. It made me think, like, God, you guys are sort of, like, banging chicks as you went along the tra- as you went along your travels and then, you know, kind of storing them up and, and notching them on your belt. It didn't sound that funny or engaging to me. Mm-hmm. And also, I have to say, speaking of females versus males, they have a couple of really fantastic females in this movie. I love Mary Steenburgen. I love Emma Thompson. Right. They're so underutilized in this film. <laughs> right. They just show up as blips on the radar, and I don't even know why they're there. Well, and, this and it doesn't really help the story along, and it doesn't help the characters in any way. It's This movie is really just Redford and Nolte, and... Um, I I really felt like the Redford character is really unlikable, and Nick Nolte's character is kind of um, he's not he's not the lovable endearing slob. He's kind of a pathetic wreck, and you don't really get this feeling like oh what a cool guy. You just get this feeling of like wow your life has just gone straight down the tubes. Like <laughs> you, like you are really in bad bad shape, dude. Like your you know face is just crimson red. You're dressed like a slob. You can barely walk. I mean, he's got his hair's in terrible shape. He's always you know. Oh, I just I, there was something about this movie. I, I have to say, and I'm, no spoilers, but the ending, which I think is supposed to be kind of funny, ironic, a little bit of a uh, slightly bit of a twist, um, left me really depressed, and I, mm. I I walked out of this movie feeling like God. This this I, I just I had this I had this feeling of like. I don't know of like life wasted and and dreams <laughs> smashed and and mistakes that cannot be repaired and 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 I and I'm pretty sure that was not the movie's intention. I thought this was like a really a really sort of uh, despairing date. I found mm, I can see what you mean. I I wouldn't say I found it despairing. What I found was it had the potential to be so witty. So transcendent, right. such a great metaphor for what it means to be alive, for right. what friendship means, for what it means to be 80 years old when you're with somebody that you knew back when you were 19. Right. I thought, oh, there's so much that could happen here. And I just was disappointed with the fact that they didn't go there. They never pushed no. the stories along very much. They no. never pushed the encounter with this person to the next level that it should be. They didn't push the relationship with the wife or the woman at the hotel in any of the directions they could have gone. It's just, here's another thing we encountered. Right. Here's another thing right. we saw. 
and I just think they should have done more with it. And, and that was disappointing. However, it did reinforce how much anyone can walk the Appalachia Trail. You can be 80 and do this, and I'm going to do it. That's right. I'm do gonna it. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to say that this is a so-so date. I don't hmm. think I hated it as much as you did, but I think it did make me get excited for the much bigger date I'm going to have someday with that Appalachia Trail in my feet. Okay. Go for it, Kristen. All right, Rafer, let's move on to something that might be a little more fast-paced, a movie called Transporter Refueled. Yes, Tell us indeed. about it. Yes, this is the, uh, the, the refueling of the Transporter <laughs> franchise. It's the rebooting. Uh, Jason Statham, who was the original Transporter, the getaway driver, no names, no questions asked, uh, and don't be late. That was Jason Statham's character, Frank Martin. Now he's being played by uh, Ed Screen from Game of Thrones. Um, and so uh, they're kind of restarting the whole shtick over again. In this installment, he's contacted by a very attractive platinum blonde who uh, uh, hires him to do some driving. Turns out to be a bank robbery with a couple of other attractive platinum blondes. Uh, as it also happens, they have kidnapped his father, played by Ray Stevenson. And now uh, Frank Martin has to do their bidding. Here's a clip. Excuse me, but now we're partners. Maybe you can tell me what this is all about. You do what do we ask. I think you will find that the more you venture, the more you will gain. Don't look so sad. In 24 hours, this will all be over. And once you understand what we're up to, you might even like it. Well, Kristen, I don't know. Were you a fan of the original Transporter films at all? I don't even remember the original <laughs> Transporter films. How many are there? There were three, I believe. See, that's how much they stuck with my memory. I don't even remember them. I know I saw some of them, but I just... Yeah, there were a getaway driver. Uh, well, these, you know, now this is, uh, I love the Transporter films, and at least I love the first one for sure. Um, and this is, once again, um, a, a guy, a filmmaker who I love and who I also love to hate, Luc Besson. Oh, um, yes. Who did uh, La Femme Nikita and uh, Taken and all the great... The professional. The professional, all the great pulpy, pulpy action stuff that I love, and he does a great job of, of it sometimes. And the Transporter was one of those examples. And I loved Jason Statham as the Transporter. Um Ed Screen, prettier than Jason Statham, mm -hmm. um, a little slimmer build. Younger, more younger. willowy, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, prettier eyes, uh, nicer lips, uh, very stubbly. Mm -hmm. And um, that, to me, is really just, I have to say, not the transporter that I wanted. I guess I, <laughs> I, I probably feel a lot like, like the way that Bond fans felt when James Bond went from Sean Connery to, say, Roger Moore. All of a sudden, you had the kind of fey, louche, uh, you know, suave Roger Moore, where, uh, where you wanted the hard-hitting, angry Sean Connery. I like Jason Statham better. One of my favorite scenes in The Transporter, the original Transporter, is where there's a guy who comes to the door, looks out the little keyhole in the window, and Jason Statham has timed it so well that he takes a flying leap in the door, busts the door down, and crushes the guy underneath the door right when he's looking at the keyhole. That's the kind of stuff I like from the original Transporter movie. Not that much stuff in this one. What did you think? Well, I think that one of the biggest problems of this movie is it just seems shabby to it me. It does seem it a little shabby. It feels like a bad, low-budget Eastern European movie made on a camcorder that is dubbed over to sound enough like English that we can kind of understand it. 
but even so, not fully understand it because some of the dubbing doesn't quite work. (laughs) And then the storyline completely goes against what it's supposed to philosophically (laughs) be. So look, for example, these women, these platinum blondes that our transporter is trying to help, it turns out that they are sex workers trying to escape the trade. Yes. However, they completely uh, act like people who just will have sex with anyone anyway, yes. including two at a time with his dad. Yes. And, and so they're not doing anything to showcase the idea that like they're victims here and they need to get out because they just throw it around with anybody anyway. Right. Well, and also uh, Frank Martin, the transporter, just sort of falls in with them very quickly. And I oh, kind of yeah. thought like, but they've kidnapped your father. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how you've forgotten that. Why are you guys all so buddy-buddy yeah, buddy this whole time? and he's sleeping with all of them too. They're right. all like just like sleeping with each other. <laughs> and, and then when one of them gets shot, you know, a second later, she's having sex with one of them after yes, being shot. Yes, and right. it's just like, what As is you going do. on? <laughs> What's going on with any of this? And so there were a lot of things that just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I don't have much good to say about this, except there were points I laughed out loud because it was so ludicrous. Yes. And I did like one getaway scene in particular involving a car and an airplane. Oh, so, that. <laughs> so I, I will say, I, it's not that I hated the entire movie. There were a couple of points where it was so ludicrous I could laugh, but mostly I thought it was awful. It was nice to see uh, Ray Stevenson, who I think is a really great British character actor, and I thought he was really good in this movie. Um, and, and the thing is, he's just miles above everybody else. Everyone bad, else yeah. in this film is so bad, and they really, everyone is, talks like, well, surely you don't think that I'm going to just let you walk out of here, do you? And I kept thinking, like, oh, my God. It was like the Jackie Chan syndrome. You know, Jackie Chan, 40 years in the movie business, he still can barely speak English. I always get very mad about that. I kind of think, God, take some enunciation lessons. And he's from Hong Kong. And he's from Hong Kong. And English speaking. I, I, and I, but you can barely understand Jackie Chan. And that's how this movie was. Everybody's just got this terrible sort of Russian, Estonian slash, I don't know what, Moroccan, French accent. I couldn't understand what almost anyone was saying, especially the girls. But yeah, uh, you know this is this is not uh, this is not the high octane refueling that I was that I was expected. This is this is this is um, this is, seems very unleaded to me. Oh, listen to that unleaded! <laughs> it's an, an unleaded date. It's an unleaded date. <laughs> you know when you're on a date and you run out of gas? Yes, it's like you're driving along yes. a country road. Oh no, we ran out of gas. gas. Oh no, it's not even that fun. <laughs> it's, no, no, you're right. You wish it was that fun. Anywho, stay with us, because when we come back, we have a great movie therapy question. I'm Rafer Guzman. And I'm Krista Meinzer. And this is Movie Date. And Rafer, what do we have on our Facebook page right now? We've got the first U.S. trailer for The Danish Girl, the new film with Eddie Redmayne as Lily Elbe. She was a uh, transgender person back in the 1930s, uh, one of the very first uh, people to undergo successful uh, transgender surgery. Wow. And I've been seeing stills from that movie for months and months and months now, and I'm sure all the listeners out there have seen all those stills, too. So I am curious to see that. That's at Facebook.com slash Movie Date Podcast. And now, Rafer... Let's move on to some movie therapy. What seems to be the trouble? Can I confess something? I'm just trying to tell you about my feelings. He's been depressed. Help! That's right, Kristen. It's time for movie therapy. What's in the mailbag this week? We have a voicemail from a listener regarding a topic that I care quite a bit about. 
Hi, Rafer and Kristen. This is Carol from Vancouver, Canada, calling with a movie therapy question. Uh, my son is just a little over two, and he's really starting to get into animated movies. He loves How to Train Your Dragon. Um, so my question is this. My son is African-American, and I am wondering where I can find movies in the coming years, animated movies, um, that involve someone other than white people. Um, and I'm not talking about Aladdin, which basically seemed to be um, where all the Arabic people basically just look like white people with tans. So what can you recommend where my son could see himself reflected? Or if not himself, then some kind of diversity. Um, I'm not thinking movies with animals or fictional creatures. I get that those could work, but ones with actual humans in them. Thanks. Bye. I love that question, Rafer. It's a very, very good question, and I think it brings up um, a real sore spot in uh, Hollywood, which is which is that um, the movies that this listener is talking about almost virtually don't exist. Um, yeah. They're really, especially when you're talking about kids. Um, you know, you can see plenty of movies with uh, African American casts, but they're really largely for adults. Yeah, and then also I have to say to the point that she's talking about. She doesn't want them just to be animals. You don't just want it to be the comic relief of Eddie Murphy playing a dragon. You don't just want it to be the comic relief of a black person being a crab under the water. Like you don't you, want it. You don't want it to be that the the black character in that uh, strange magic, the George Lucas uh, uh, animated film, where the, the the little black sort of troll slash dwarf uh, sings reggae. No. You don't want that. Okay. That was such a so, bad movie. Something better. That is not on your list of what to watch. That's not on my list. Do, do not watch that. Not recommending that. No. Uh, Kristen, uh, start off with a recommendation. All right, Carol. So I'm going to start off with something that's perfect for your son here. Because two to three-year-olds don't have that much that's designed just for them. One thing that is out there is called Little Einsteins. And you may be familiar with the TV series, but it's also a movie. There's a spin-off movie that's been made. Little Einsteins follows the adventures of four little kids, all of them little smart Einsteins of different races. We have one named Quincy, who's African-American, and then we have ones that are other races, and they all go on great adventures in their spaceship out in the world. Oh, look! I have a message on my computer. Quincy! Quincy! We need your help! Annie, June, Leo, what's wrong? Quincy, we've got a big problem. Rocket's anchor is stuck on the bottom of the Arabian Sea. Oh, no. Rocket's anchor is all tangled up on those rocks. We're stuck, and we can't blast off. How are we going to get home? Don't worry, guys. I'll come rescue you. This is actually one of those few shows, unlike Teletubbies, that you don't have to be high to watch if you're an adult. You can actually enjoy it. It's very cute. The animation is adorable. It's very interactive and educational. Much like Dora the Explorer, it's actually going to give you instructions to, at this point, bend over and touch your knees, stand up straight, everybody yell. And I think that that's such a fun sort of show for a two-year-old to watch. So, Carol, that's our first recommendation, Little Einsteins, both the TV series and the movie. I'm going to recommend um, a couple of animated films. Um, the first one would be 
Princess and the Frog, a uh, Disney film. This was Disney's first African-American princess uh, with the voice of Annika Noni Rose. Um, and uh, while I was not a huge fan of this film, I did like it, and I did think that it had some very good music, and I enjoyed the plot. And um, our princess, or soon-to-be princess, Tiana, is uh, an African-American girl. She's living in New Orleans. She's a good cook. She wants to open her own restaurant. Uh, in the meantime, she meets a handsome prince named Naveen. He gets turned into a frog. She decides to do him the favor of giving him a kiss to reverse the spell doesn't quite go that way she becomes a frog as well here's a clip you mean to tell me this all happened because you were messing with the shadow man he was very charismatic oh it serves me right for wishing on stars the only way to get what you want in this world is through hard work hard work (laughs) why why would the princess need to work hard huh oh i'm not a princess i'm a waitress a a waitress well no wonder the Kiss did not work. You lied to now, me. No, I, I never said I was a princess. You never said that you were a, wait- a waitress. You you are wearing a crown. It was a costume party. You spoiled little rich boy. Oh, oh, yes? oh, yes? Well, the egg is on your face, all right? Because I do not have any riches. What? I am completely broke. <laughs> now, uh, Carol, to your point, um, it's true. Tiana does spend much of this film as a frog. Uh, and not as an African-American human being. But it's bookended by her adventures. Um, Most, if not all, of the characters are African-American. And one thing I did like about this film was um, the voodoo doctor villain played by Keith David. Oh, so spooky. He's great. He looks a little bit like Keith David, too. He's got a little gaff in his teeth. Um, He's so spooky. And and I just want to give this the endorsement of my niece and nephew, who were three and five when this movie came out. My niece and nephew are half Asian and half black. They are loved this movie. Both of them just loved this movie. So there you go. Disney comes in with the winner, The Princess and the Frog. Our next recommendation is Golden Blaze. This movie is only about 10 years old. It's the story of a father and a son, both African-American. Dad's one of those kind of nutty, disorganized, super smart inventor types. We've all seen those in the movies many times. And this latest invention of dad accidentally implodes and suddenly they actually are superheroes suddenly they have the powers of the golden blaze the golden blaze two schoolyard rivals one nerdy scientist dad a powerful businessman with a nefarious plan a superhero with the light of justice in a classic comic book struggle And it's just a great story of father-son bonding, of what it's like to suddenly find yourself with powers and how you control that. It's about learning. It's about being excited to try new adventures. And it's just really one of those rare things. We don't get to see a lot of fathers and sons, particularly African-American ones, that just have really terrific relationships. And it's a lot of fun. Great animation. My next recommendation, uh, and again with major reservations, is the movie Home, which came out just this year. Um, I liked it, though. Yeah, you liked it. Well, here's the thing. Um, Really, everyone except me liked this film. Um, This is the movie about uh, aliens who come down to Earth, uh, the Boov, they are called. They come down to Earth, they take over the planet, um, and one of the last people who has not been repatriated to essentially a little human colony is a little girl named Tip. Her full name is Gratuity, but people call her Tip for short. Uh, Voiced by uh, Rihanna. You know, when I'm stressed out, my mom tells me jokes. Boov do not do telling jokes. Oh, it's not that hard. I'll teach you. Knock, knock. You would say, who's there? You are there. No, just ask me. Well, who is there? No, I say the interrupting cow. 
Now you say the interrupting cow who? Let's just do it. Knock, knock. Uh, who is there? The interrupting cow. The interrupting Mo! cow. <laughs> wait, 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 you did not let me finish my response. I was to say the interrupting Mo! cow. Oh, no, you, you did it again. Oh, that is the joke. And um, what's interesting about this film is that she's African-American and also her mother is white. Her mother is uh, is named Lucy Tucci, voiced by Jennifer Lopez. But um, the black-white relationship between them in this movie is never, as far as I remember, explained, really ever alluded to. Um, it's just kind of there. And that was one of the things that I did like about this film. I wasn't crazy about the humor or the plot necessarily, but I will say my two kids loved it. My, Especially my older, who is seven, um, just thought it was one of the most awesome things he had ever seen. So I would recommend that to you, and you know, probably your little one might enjoy it as well. And our final recommendation is not actually a movie. It's a TV series. It's called Fillmore. And much like Scooby-Doo, it centers on teenagers who are solving crimes. But unlike Scooby-Doo, the characters are, for the most part, African-American. Fillmore is kind of a juvenile delinquent who, you know, the reason why he's a, a juvenile delinquent is just because he's too smart, he's too bored, he gets up to no good. He decides to rechannel all of that energy into being a detective. And he and his female best friend embark on all sorts of adventures, solving cases in their school and in their community. And it's so well animated. It's like a comic book film noir. And I'm not quite sure, Carol, if your son at age two would love this, but I think he'll love it at age five. <laughs> I, I knew you'd be here sooner or later, Fillmore. Mr. Landrum, where are all the books? I, I don't know. This ain't good. Isn't. Isn't. I think Fillmore is one of the best animated series to come out in the last decade. And if you can't find it on the Disney Channel, it used to be on the Disney Channel, you can find it on DVD, you can find it on VOD and so on. And all of these movies you can actually probably find on VOD or DVD. And listeners, if you've got a problem or something you're trying to work out, uh, give us a call, 5717movies, with your movie therapy questions. You can also use that phone number to call in with your trivia answers. Yes, indeed. Uh... Kristen, what was last week's trivia question? All right, Rafer. So last week, during the porn episode where we had Dan Savage with us, uh, yes. we were also talking about our favorite NC-17 movies, our favorite X-rated movies, all those movies out there that are indecent, immoral, disgusting, and wonderful. So we played a clip of one of those kinds of movies, a movie that is now part of the vernacular of film, part of the canon, but at its original release was considered too disgusting. X. Rated X. That's right. So we played this clip. Naughty, naughty, naughty. You filthy old Sunka. Now listen here, you little bastard. Just turn round and walk out of here the same way as you came in. Leave that alone. Don't touch it. It's a very important work of art. And we asked you to tell us, what is that movie? And we got a ton of right answers. Yes. Eric is one of the many who called or wrote in with the right answer. He writes on Facebook.com slash podcast. This week's trivia came from the wonderful movie adaptation of the novella by Anthony Burgess, originally published in 1962. Of course, I am talking about the 1971 Stanley Kubrick version of A Clockwork Orange starring Malcolm McDowell as Alex. That's correct. 
Excellent yes. job. Excellent a clockwork orange. Job. So, Rafer, what is this week's trivia question? Well, because we were talking about A Walk in the Woods, starring Robert Redford and Nick Nolte, both of whom are over 70 and out having an adventure, we thought of another film uh, involving uh, older people uh, on their travels having adventures of their own. We're going to play you this clip. Help a complete stranger for the good. Laugh until I cry. Not to be judgmental, but this is extremely weak. It's pointless now. I would argue the exact opposite. All right, that's it. What are you doing? A little rewrite, that's all. I mean, don't you want to go out with guns blazing? Now we're on to something. Ah, what is that movie with those adventures happening and those older people? If you know the answer, give us a call at 5717movies. Or you can write to us at facebook.com slash podcast. Sweetness